Hi, Connectors. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Connect with the Podcast. I know it's been a long time coming, but please charge it to my head and not my heart. You have been in my heart this entire time since the last time you heard from me in January. I've been studying for the bar, and quite frankly, the bar has been like my mistress, my wife, my husband, my baby mama, baby daddy, all of that drama, because it's been all of that drama. (laughs) No, but seriously, I'm excited about the next few episodes. Um, This episode is with Ebony Baird Kennedy. She is a singer in Indiana. And in this episode, she brings along her boys and you get to hear them. And also, next episode is in Indiana. Um, You will hear that one hopefully sometime soon. I meant for these to be put up um, in February, but again, charge it to my head, not my heart. Be looking out for a double whammy. It's coming soon. Now I am in New York. Shout out to all of you New York artists out there. I am here. Connect with me. I want to connect with you. All right, y'all. That's enough talking. You know what to do. Sit back. Relax. Do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast. And let's get connected. Hi, Connectors. I am so excited, like always, right, Um, to introduce to you a friend of mine, a singer from West Lafayette. No, she's not from West Lafayette. From Muncie, Indiana. Muncie, Indiana. city of fun. You hear her. Ebony. Oh, my gosh. Ebony. I don't even know your last name. Barrett Kennedy. There you go. (laughs) Ebony Barrett Kennedy. Thank you so much for having me in your home, your humble abode. And welcome to Connect with the Podcast. How are you today? I am great and sleepy. (laughs) As usual. That's okay. Okay, good. (laughs) So I just want to know a little about you. Um, I want the connectors out there to know about you. Who are you? Where are you from? Oh, what a question. Who am I? Yes. I'm still trying to figure that out. Oh. I'm old. Well, maybe but... you can... <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Muncie, Indiana, originally. Um, I am the daughter of a fantastic vocalist, or as my brother calls it, songbird, and um, my dad was a minister growing up. Um, so I am, well, at the time, I was the only daughter in the family. So I have three brothers. That's why I'm a little rough around the edges. It's okay. Um, <laughs> We're all a little rough. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Who am I? Let's see. I'm that. I am a mother of three boys. Beautiful boys. I cannot have a girl to save my life. But I think I'm supposed to be a mom of boys. That's why I grew up with boys, I guess. But um, in addition to that, I um, work a full-time job, sing with a band. I think that I'm something different every day. So that's why that's a hard question for me to answer. Um, 
I play a lot of different roles in different spaces in my life, but I guess my main role is that I like to help people figure out how to say what they mean to say. Okay. That would probably be the best summary. <laughs> so how so you're a singer. Yeah. And how do you help people communicate through music? Yeah. Um I don't know when it comes to music, I don't know if it's so much that I help them communicate, but what I feel like when I'm singing is that even if the story that's being told isn't about me it's a story that people connect with Mm -hmm. and finding a different way to express that story other than sitting down and writing a book um like to me with music it's like every form of communication it's it's verbal i mean you can hear the lyrics um it's to me it's tactile like my favorite instrument to hear is a drum. Mm. Not because like I can hear it, it's because I can feel yeah. the pulse in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I can feel it all through my body. And it's, it's, to me, the bringing together of the sound, of the lyrics, of the feeling, it's like a holistic way of communicating. And I think that's why it touches so many people, mm-hmm. language aside. I would have to agree. But let's take it back just a little bit. You said that your siblings <laughs> are also into music? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you said, what, you have two brothers? I had three brothers when okay. I was growing up. Um, I have younger siblings now that are the same age as my kids, but the three of us grew up together. Um, we did not have a lot of money growing up at all. My dad, I guess I was a minister, my mom, um, they were both very involved with the church, and a lot of what our life was was making sacrifice to minister to other folks. But in addition to that, my dad was in grad school, mm-hmm. and my mom was going back to finish her bachelor's degree, so we just poor. Like, that's just what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't come from a very wealthy background, but um, it was just music was something that was always present in our home. Um, I never really played an instrument, tried to learn to play some. I'm just kind of awful at it. But um, growing up, we didn't have a lot of toys. We didn't have a lot of things that you had to have money to get. And so for us, having a good time was making harmony. Especially, well, I mean, we played outside a lot. Like, uber athletes, everybody played something. You had to do something. My parents didn't care what you did. You had to do something. Mm-hmm. It could be any sport. Just go outside and do something. So we were all very athletic. But in the wintertime, I mean, we're in Indiana. Let's get real. You're not going outside. Uh, right. And <laughs> our family, you know, other kids were like at the Y or taking indoor tennis lessons. Huh? Mm-hmm. No. Not going to happen in our house. Mm-hmm. So um, we, I remember being young. And I don't even remember how old I was. And. My brothers and I were trying to, I guess we were just singing a song, and we're like, ooh, what does it sound like if we do this or if we do that? And at one point in time, we hit this harmony that you could feel this buzzing in your ear, 
And at the time, we didn't know what it was. We were just like, that's really cool. Let's do it again. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's what we did growing up. We would, like, always try and find harmonies. We'd always sing different parts, which, I mean, you were here the other day. And he's like, wait, you're moving to a different part? I was like, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was very bizarre because when we... So we started singing together very young. I don't remember how old. And then we started traveling and singing at, like, little festivals. And um, we would do stuff at different churches, and we would travel, um, mostly regionally, but, I mean, I remember going to Washington, D.C. before, although that was a whole nother trip. My dad, he's he's special character. <laughs> <laughs> he took us out of school and took us to meet our congressman and see how our what? government works and all that jazz. Nice! But, um, I mean, we went to Florida before. We had, we had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We, at one point in time, my dad started pastoring this really small church, mm-hmm. and so they sort of had a church choir, not really. We were kind of just a church choir, and we would try to get you and other your brothers. members in. Yeah, okay. and my mom. Okay. And we would try to get other people to sing with us, and so we'd be trying to teach them the songs and discovered that it was very difficult for us to teach people our parts because we always moved in and out of different parts. And mm-hmm. it was something that came naturally to us that I couldn't really teach anyone to know where to go or where to move. It was just, we we spent so much time together that I could, I could just feel it. Like, even yeah. when I sing with someone else now, it's not the same as singing with my brother. I toured with my brother for a while out in Boston. Cool. Um, and when we sang together... It was it was effortless. Like I didn't even know the songs when I moved out there. And he's like, "Hey, come do this gig with me." And I'm like, "I don't know the songs." It's like it's fine, just figure it out. Mm-hmm. So you know, I get up there, and even with those songs that I was unfamiliar with, I know his voice. I know his movements. I know everything about what his voice is going to do, and so it works out. So I find it to be very cumbersome to sing with other people because mm-hmm. I'm like, "What is that?" And where am I going? And what am I doing? And I gotta practice. Like, uh-huh. what, what's going on? <laughs> but no, it's just always been something that we've done. It's kind of just been ingrained in us, at, partly out of necessity and partly out of just having a great time together and connecting with one another. Hmm. It sounds all like happy go lucky, but we definitely fight all the time. Oh, FYI. but that's what songs are for, right? <laughs> FYI. <laughs> So, okay, connectors, I just want you to know we are in Ebony's home and I foresee um, some guests coming in. So you may. Are you running out now? See, one is now running away. Um, one of the beautiful boys running away. Um, but just a heads up that we might have company. So, um, yeah. <laughs> are you coming in or not? Just tell us your name. My name is Ari Kennedy. Uh, and y'all, Ari Kennedy is an amazing artist. I wish you could see his artwork. It is amazing. He's got a he's got a couple of songs up his sleeve himself. What? Really? Oh yeah. Okay. For your, your kindergarten no, song. No, <laughs> he's embarrassed about. <laughs> Aww. Maybe next time. (laughs) Maybe next time. Back to you, Ebony. Did you study the arts or what did you do? (laughs) So 
I, in middle school, I, well, actually, before that, so we went to a private school amidst all of this craziness. We mm-hmm. were, like, one of the poorest families there. But we went to a private school growing up, and um, they offered violin lessons. In fact, you took violin lessons. It was more than offering mm-hmm. in the first grade. I was cool. terrible. Pretty awful. My brothers, a couple of them were decent. I was awful. I tried to take piano there. Um, in fifth grade, still mm-hmm. awful. Can't read music. I um, attempted to play the French horn. Mm-hmm. Um, I was begged to quit practicing. Uh, it was just not a good experience. Ari's shaking his head now because he's heard me try to play an instrument. Oh, not happening. So I didn't really see, I guess, music as a career path for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did in high school do like the little show choir thing, you know, singing and dancing and all that jazz mm-hmm. for like a year. And then I played a lot of sports and it kind of interfered. And yeah. so I didn't really do that either. Um, but I continued to sing in the church choir for a while. Um, after high school, I didn't do anything. I'm like really trying to think. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I went to, I went to college. Um I went to Ball State University for architecture, and my... (laughs) Okay, (laughs) hold up. Yeah, pause. (laughs) You said communications earlier. I have a degree in communication. Obviously, I did not become an architect. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So, what inspired architecture? Um, Well, my dad used to work with, like, some economic development boards and stuff, and he had a friend of his that was an architect, and I was just totally fascinated with the stuff he did. And my mom drove me over to the architecture building. We lived in Muncie. My parents were at Ball State, so I had a lot of access to um, knowing more about careers like that. But, um, I mean, I just, I really, to this day, love admiring buildings. I like design. I like the artistic aspect of it. But it just wasn't, a career that was going to be for me. Mm-hmm. I guess part of the issue was that it's very, very lonely career. You spend mm-hmm. a lot of time by yourself drawing stuff. Um, that was issue number one. Issue number two is you spend a lot of time drawing stuff and putting stuff together. Mm-hmm. And then people got the nerve to tell you that they don't like it. <laughs> I, no, it is my my personality is not well suited for that career. You're not a diva, are you? No. Okay. No, let's okay. dispel that myth right now. Okay. I got needs in life and yes. sometimes they need to be met. That's but that's called being a human being. That is. I'm not a diva. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Ari is looking at his mommy oh, like you your head. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so architecture, if you're an architect, you can draw. You have sort of <laughs> long pause there. Yeah, so I'm not a very good drawer. I have very good ideas. Uh-huh. I was more like an idea person, and mm-hmm. someone else would probably draw it for me. I, mean, I wouldn't say like I'm a terrible artist. The kids seem to like what I draw, I guess. But mm-hmm. their kids, what do they know? <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I mean, now I, you know, I did pottery in high school. Um, I'm more, I did better with the 3D art, so even in architecture, drawing was a struggle for me, but I could build a really cool looking model, Mm -hmm. so, um, it just, it was something that, I mean, I couldn't even draw a straight line with a T-square, like, come on, 
Uh, my life was going nowhere with oh, that career. So, when you realized that becoming an architect was not the yeah, thing for you, then what happened? Um, I don't know that it, anything intentional really happened, to be honest. Um, I actually, my oldest son, I, um, he, let's see, I was 19 with my when I got pregnant with my oldest son. And so I left school for a semester, came back to do architecture still. Um, so I finished up that spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I went home for the summer. He was born in September, took the fall off, went right back into architecture in the spring. Um, there was a number of things. I mean, one, I, my heart wasn't really in it. Two, I ended up... <laughs> the dean of the College of Architecture and Planning came up to our studio one night and told me that I needed to either make arrangements for my child to not be there at night because he was a liability or find another major. So that was an issue, too. So Mm -hmm. first of all, I wasn't really heart set on being an architect anyway, and I was kind of just doing it because I was the only black female in the entire program, five years of architecture. Um, There were two black people in the building. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure from my family to continue with the major, even though I kind of knew I didn't want to do it. So as much as I like griped about that dude coming up in there talking crazy to me like that, like for real talking crazy, cause I looked uh-huh. at him like he had lost his mind. Um, cause well, Kai would come to studio with me in the middle of the night because it's architecture. You gotta be at studio like all the time. And so I'd bring his little pack and play up there. He'd be asleep most of the time. I'd yeah. like leave, go nurse him, come back. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel like there was any disruption. There were no complaints, but I was told that someone complained that I had a baby up mm. there. So at that point in time, um, I had a double major. I was um, doing organizational communication as well. What's up, Bali? Oh, we have another guest in the building. Say hi. No. No. Okay. Yeah, he's not. He's Ali Kennedy. Ali Kennedy is in the building. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, at that point in time, I was like, well, I'll just finish my communication degree. But um, it was just financially difficult. I ended Mm. up working at the front desk for at a hotel. And I kind of moved up the ranks there and um, became a front office manager there and um, was just working a lot. And that's what it was. Got to feed the kid, Mm -hmm. put on diapers, pay for medicine and all that fun stuff. Um, But that's really, that was a huge catalyst too. Kai got really sick when he was about seven months old. Oh. School was not my primary focus at that point in time. Go in the other room with that. I like the boo. At that point in time, it was just a lot of stress. There was a lot of things going on. I ended up leaving Ball State and going to Kokomo. Um, I took a, a job in Kokomo where I was a uh, teacher's aide, and I was teaching pre-calculus and <laughs> trigonometry to learning disabled children because what? I could pass the test that said I could teach it. So, <laughs> so at that point in time, there was like a shortage of people and teaching especially in math and I did not have a degree Mm -hmm. but um you know just networking with some folks that I knew I was able to get a job doing that so I worked at the school for a while and um my brother called me at one point in time and he was like I'm tired of dealing with vocalists that don't listen and 
I don't know why you're talking about your life sucks all the time. You should just do something else and move to Boston. And so I was like, mm, I don't know. At that point in time, it's like, okay, maybe I'll still finish an architecture degree because I had like two and a half years in it. So. And how old were you at this time? Mm, 21? 21. Wow. 21. So um, I applied to Boston Architectural Center, mm-hmm. and I got accepted, and so we moved to Boston, um, which was fine. I mean, I still was like, oh, I'm going to be an architect, because I can make money, and that would be awesome. So clearly you weren't, like, too bad if you can apply to different schools and get accepted. I was okay, but while I was at, I went out to Boston to visit my brother, actually, before this move there thing. Um, we went out to visit my mom and I. It was the first time I'd ever even left my child anywhere. And um, he had a couple of shows. And we flew out to Boston. And then we went to New York. And Your brother had a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I sang with him at the shows that he had out on this little mini vacation deal that we went on. And that was the first time I'd been in New York City. And I was like, in love. Like, I'm going to move to New York City. Not with a kid. But uh-huh. I'm moving to New York City. Mm-hmm. Did not move to New York City ever. But but I did end up moving out to Boston shortly after that. And um, just got involved with the music scene there. Met all kinds of fantastic people. And um, I just had so many opportunities come up there. I, I ended up, I went to Boston Architectural Center for a semester. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was too difficult for me to do that with a young child and, you know, the only people I knew out there were my brother and his musician friends who, let's just say, were not very responsible people. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them had, like, <laughs> a real job. I say that in quotes. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Because as musicians, we get no, so much I know. flack. I know. Right? I mean, we <laughs> do what we do. We make ends meet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... They just, you know, they played music. That's what they did. I mean, right. I, I, the guys in our band, a lot of them were from Berkeley. Um, mm. That they, they taught music, so I guess that's a real job, sort of, sometimes. Um, mm. <laughs> but they they were just like music, 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 music. So they weren't really a good resource. I didn't have a good, I guess, network around me to a support system to go to school and take care of this child. So I ended up getting a full-time job. Actually started out working as a temp for this um, consulting firm there. They did business consulting for nonprofits. Okay. And I had done some work with my dad with a business that he owned, and so I was able to kind of sell some of my skills and Mm -hmm. started working as their office manager. And then they decided that they wouldn't hire me on permanently because I didn't have a degree. Mm. So they hired this other chick and then I trained her mm-hmm. that was fantastic what <laughs> that was awesome but no I mean it and it was no hard feelings the um executive director she was fantastic and she was kind of upset that the board didn't approve me to get that position and within days of getting that news she had me set up with an interview um with an executive search firm like the largest firm in Boston Good. Um, and I ended up being an assistant to the CEO huh. um, take that so I ended up working there and um, at that time we were picking up more gigs and so I was traveling doing music on weekends um, 
well, traveling on weekends during the weekdays, I would, like, seriously get up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, get on a bus, get my son to daycare, get on a train, go into the city, go to work, get off, get on a train, go get my son, take him to some random bandmate's girlfriend's house, go do a show, get up in the morning, do it all again. Talking about <laughs> motherhood so, and I mean, what and y'all do. Is, I, it's just what I had to do in order to make ends meet, and mm-hmm. that's what it was. And um, I remember, I don't know, I must have been there for almost a year when we got the, the opportunity to do a USO tour. And hmm. I was going to have to leave for three months to go on this tour. And so I go to my boss and I was like, so I just got to be up front with you. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. We were going to Honduras, to Cuba, uh, whoa. to now, Puerto Rico. Now tell the people, what is a USO United tour? States Overseas. So you, um, you go to different military bases and... It's just, you know, our service to the troops to lift their spirits when they're out there serving. Nice. And it was an amazing experience, but I, I just, I was terrified to tell my boss, because here she is taking a chance on me to give me this job that I technically don't qualify right. for, even though I could do it. But, you know, yay white America. Uh-huh. Um, sorry, okay. y'all. Gotta say it. Anyway. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, no. how the system works. This this is what Connected the Podcast is for, <laughs> for you to express how you feel and how you became the I artist. I feel our system you is jacked are. up. That's well, they, how I feel. That's how you feel. Because I had plenty of skills, obviously, because I could do the job. But, you know, she took a chance on me for sure. Mm-hmm. And I went into her office and I was like, so I got an opportunity to go on this tour. And I either need enough time off, like, even if it's unpaid, or I quit today. <laughs> well, <laughs> that that is a musician knowing <laughs> what she wants. And I was like, I have lost my mind. And she was like, you're going to sing for the troops overseas? Well, we're going to pay your salary while you're gone. What? You need to help us find... You need to help us find a temp. And I was like, well, I know a temp agency uh-huh. that can help us with Boom. that, which was the agency I used to work yeah. for when I had a job before. <laughs> so we were able to find someone to cover my job, and I helped train her, and then I left and went on tour. And uh, wow. it was it was a fantastic experience. Um, so where did you go? We went, went to, to the bank. I went to the bank. I did go to the bank after I got back. By the way, that is Ali, who still is acting shy or just doesn't want y'all to know who he is. But you heard his voice, Ali. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we went to Honduras first. Um, We went, we flew into Tegucigalpa and then went to Comayagua and... I can't even remember all the little towns we went to. We went to the big things in New York. Okay. But um, from there, I'm trying to remember where we went. Um, we went to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, which was wow. a surreal experience, which I refuse to talk about on the podcast because I feel like people listen to me. But um, that is, it was, wow. It was insane. It was fantastically gorgeous and it was hard to enjoy in that environment yeah um this was slightly after all of the stuff going on with the news Mm -hmm. with the detainees and all that stuff so it was intense 
Um, wow, what an experience, though. I can yeah. only imagine. So I do want to hear, since you don't want to say it on here. No, nah, I'm not, not talking about that. Okay. But <laughs> we had a good time. We had a good time. It was definitely, I will say, the one thing I will tell folks about that is that our band had a terrible time playing there. Mm. Um, tension was just really high. And I think that came across mm-hmm. in ways that were not productive for any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we left from there. We went to, where are we going next? Do we go to the Bahamas next? Hmm. I don't remember. We ended up at the in the Bahamas at some point in time, which was an absolutely amazing experience as well. Um Especially just coming from Cuba, and now you can actually, like, relax. Oh, my gosh. It was so nice. We went. We we had dinner. One night we played a, a show um, for the officers there. And um, the next day, like, they're calling us all early in the morning. What do you want to eat for dinner? I was like, I don't know what I want to eat for dinner. Like, what are you talking about? So we had to, like, tell them what we wanted for dinner because they took us to this place. It was a ladies just old lady's house mm-hmm. and she lived out like the back of her house faced the ocean and so her husband and her son would go out and fish during the day and they try to catch what you were going to have for dinner so you had to order your food early in the morning wow. and so it was just us there and we're on this like screaming back porch like opening up to the ocean and all of this fresh delicious food like that's (laughs) definitely prepared with love and i don't know it's just amazing like all the different people and i mean seeing all the black people all over the world that was Uh awesome but um it it was a fantastic experience we went to puerto rico Mm -hmm. maybe after that I don't know. I have somewhat of a memory lapse. There was a, a lot of shenanigans that occurred <laughs> we, we don't during have to talk this about trip. <laughs> so some things are hard to remember. You can plead the fifth. It's I'm okay. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is when you get to certain bases, you uh-huh. don't pay very much for a drink at the bar. Well, then. So there's that. Going back to, to Cuba just for a little while, <laughs> would you consider going back? Oh, for sure. That place is amazing and i mean keep in mind i didn't get to go to cuba Mm -hmm. i had to go to like america and cuba Mm -hmm. so we got to go like up to the fence Mm -hmm. where there was a border and we couldn't go into actual cuba i mean they consider guantanamo bay to be american soil and we were not allowed to set foot off of american soil when we were there wow Yeah. And you were saying, like, w- when you were singing with your brother, how it was just, like, so easy. No, it was not easy. We had an entire show where our harmonies were off. We got mm. into a fight. Uh, he left the stage. It was, it was a, it, it was, it was not awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, energy is real. Like, being yeah. able to feel different yeah. things. I like to go to, like, the, <laughs> the venue wherever I'm performing at. I just like to get you know, the vibe of the place yeah. so I can, you know, really connect yeah. with the artist. So I can I can imagine yeah. that that was very difficult. Yeah, that was. Put that broom down before you knock something down. He's no broom. That's all up in the podcast. You about to get a whooping on the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a parent, you do have the right. <laughs> As long as you don't abuse them, you have a right to discipline them. (laughs) 
Ashley never whoops me. I do not oh. whoop you. You're right. She, uh, she just um, tells me to stop and I stop. Well, I don't want to get in. Because no. you know that I will hit you. Yeah. So you ain't got to spank your kids as long as they think you will. They got to think you crazy. As long as they think you're crazy enough to do it, uh-huh. they get in line. <laughs> but you know what? I think, too, it's because Ari is such a, a good boy, right? Uh, nope. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. He is straight honest. Straight up with it. Okay, then. If he's nothing else, he is honest. <laughs> Who are your musical influences? I hate that question. But it's I like, it's, tell you. It's, it's, it's a typical standard, question, yeah. It's a standard you know, question. You knew it was coming, so. Yeah. Um, I like music. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> I'm just playing Oh, I mean, early on, my musical influence was my mama, Mm because she was right there. I won't say we weren't exposed to a lot of music. We just, oh, my mama's like trying to call me. Speak of the devil. Um, Do we need to pause for the calls? No, it's all right. I'll call her back in a minute. But um, it was really like a matter of access, because we didn't have a lot of stuff. We had this old record player, and... uh, the Gap Band. I told uh-huh. you about that. We had that song. You dropped a bomb on me, baby. You dropped a bomb on me. That was my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we listened to whatever we had available there. There was an old Mahela Jackson album. Oh. And I still don't even remember what songs there were on there, but I remember hearing them in mm-hmm. the house. My mom was like totally enamored with Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Yes. So there was a lot of Vanessa Bell in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, mostly gospel music, just the old school Mississippi Mass Choir. Yes, Man. I so, love, love. <laughs> there was always yes. Mississippi. That was my grandma's go-to. My, my mom is uh, from Mississippi. Okay. So that side of my family's from down south. Oh, what part? Um, I have family. From... Uh, and Enola, Mississippi, like the deep, deep south. Because <laughs> my grandma but, is from Clarksdale, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. It's like the Delta. Yeah. So they, cotton fields. My mom was born in Greenville, Mississippi. Yes. Um, but that my family they lived in Enola for a long time, and then they were in Greenville. So okay. They're they're from the South South. Yeah. Um, so Mississippi Mass. Yeah. Always going on in the house. Uh-huh. But I don't know. As I started, I am going to take that broom. Oh, gosh. Get. Get. I couldn't finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a child of the 90s, so it was like Boys the Men mm-hmm. and Vogue, yes. what you say. <laughs> um, all that stuff, for sure. Um, I didn't get more into the classics until I was older. Mm. Um I definitely heard some jazz, not a whole lot. When I moved out to Boston, that really peaked some of that jazz that a lot of folks hear me do now. Um, I'd heard jazz, I'd heard blues. Um, It just wasn't something that I was exposed to on a regular basis growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely R&B, you know, your lighter, poppier radio station stuff mm-hmm. back when we used to have a black radio station well, around here I'm just saying there used to be one that was like area wide and uh, I mean <laughs> like seriously that when I was in high school they got bought out and I was gonna, that was no kind of the end shade. of my life when it came to riding in the car and trying to hear something Hello. decent cause there was definitely nobody about to put no Marvin Gaye on you know <laughs> I'm just saying like no shade Marvin Gaye though but I'm like riding around and I'm, yeah you can't yeah 
No, not here. <laughs> um, Marvin Gaye, we did have a Marvin Gaye cassette that I loved. And he did the National Anthem, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so many people don't know about Marvin Gaye. Y'all need to find out right now. Uh-huh. people don't know, they don't know. All right. They talk about Whitney. Whitney's huh. the bomb. Hey, hold up now. Hold up. You know I'm Whitney's biggest fan. I said Watch. Whitney's a bomb. Hold okay. On. So okay. Whitney's a bomb. All right. But if you haven't heard Marvin Gaye sing the national anthem, okay. I don't know. You might you might feel a different way about Whitney. I, now uh, now uh, Whitney can sing and Whitney tore it up. But Marvin Gaye like tore it up. Okay. But but you know I am when it comes to Whitney like there's no one. And now Ollie comes back to get tons of mommy kisses while eating. What are you eating? Golden puffs. Oh. Out of the bag. What? You have like the coolest life. You know that? Your mommy is like the coolest singer. Hearing you, I can hear like this sultry, bluesy, funky, big voice. And you're a small woman. Like, where does all of this come from? Like, like the soul that you sing with is. from the depths of my gut. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I think that one of the things I really appreciate Ooh. about the band that I've been Ooh. singing with lately, which is a very, you're not turning that on. You're going to have to wait. The band that I've been performing with for the past couple of months, one of the things I really appreciate about it is. Pause they, for the cause. The band Mama, was LSG. The LSG. I heard LS the LSG a couple of weeks ago. Um, Ebony did this amazing, had this amazing show for her birthday. And when I say her band killed it, I wish y'all could have been there because the LSG was amazing. And Ebony, tell us more about the LSG. How did y'all feel? Oh my goodness, the LSG story. So. I don't know. I've kind of been out of the music scene on and off over the past few years. I mean, the last time I was for real doing music full time, it's my job, was when I was in Boston. Um, I came back to Indiana. My grandma had a triple bypass, um, gosh, I guess about 10 years ago now. Mm. And I came back to Indiana to help my mom take care of her. And, uh,. I didn't really do much of anything when I got back other than that and, you know, try and find odd jobs because I couldn't take a real job, like, not that expected me to be at work every day because I had to be able to take my grandma to appointments or I used to take her for a walk every morning just to get her to, like, do the little exercise for her rehab and stuff. So, um, that was a really busy time and I just kind of... Just kind of fell by the wayside. I sang at church and stuff then, but nothing else really. I moved to Lafayette after she started to get better. And even when I was back here, it was mostly just, you know, I'd sing at my church. And I would do, like, you know, a little wedding. I'd do, like, a song at a wedding or something like that, but nothing major. Um, It was when um, I I got married when I moved here to Lafayette and it was at the point in time where that started to disintegrate that um, I actually met Ryan Fletcher who was doing a tattoo for me Hmm. and discovered that he was a musician and we just started hanging out um, 
he had a band that was semi coming together at the time and I'd come hang out with them, listen to some music. We tried to put somewhat of a project together, but I was just super busy and I couldn't rehearse for real because I had a full-time job and I was taking care of the kids on my own and um oh you said kids now yeah I had two kids then and one on the way okay (laughs) yeah so yes that was you you. Ali (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um and we got to get some uptown funk going apparently because my kids like the funk too yeah, but I'm oh, a... So they don't know about Morris Day in the Time. <laughs> you trying to tell them about Morris Day in the Time. But I'm a, I'm afraid of yeah. being sued for copyright infringement. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> so, I my think... My kids like that. <laughs> that was my kid, not her. It wasn't, but <laughs> whatever. Um, so you're back in Lafayette and... So I met Jeff. No, okay. you're not, this whole to-do. He's in New York. I was not in New York then. <laughs> Jeff, um, yeah, Jeff is a that's, drummer. That's why you should be listening to your mom's history. So you can know. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. So you can know your roots. So uh, that's when I met Jeff. He was playing the, the drum kit with that group that we were trying to semi-put together that kind of fizzled quickly. Jeff started a project shortly after that. Um... With a group called It's Not Glass. Oh. I don't own breakable things. <laughs> <laughs> Ali is making a drum out of the flower, uh, out of the vase. All day. Uh, That's my house sounds like all day. Go play the actual drums. Go get your hand drum. So I met Jeff. He started a band um, with his brother and a couple of friends. I would come and be a guest singer with them sometimes, but other than that, still not really doing much. Um, I would I would do like a few shows here and there. I did some stuff at Purdue, sing the national anthem here, do some little things while you know I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I I also would go to the jazz nights, um, their open mic jazz nights Stop that working. started here in Lafayette. That was hosted Stop by the working. Jazz Club. Oh, cool! And that's how I met Scott Pizzera, actually, who played the bass that night. Oh, um, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I met him through the, um, the jazz scene, which actually, it's just a whole circle of me meeting musicians and connecting with different people. But Judd Danby, who uh, was involved with the jazz club in Lafayette, um, played the keys for me. I sang at the Ebony and Ivory Ball, and his band was playing there, and I just sang something to open up the, the event. And his band played, and... Um, the next year they asked me to come back again and they're like, could you guys do a number or two together? So I meet Judd. We just hang out, learn mm. some music, um, learn a lot about just technicalities in jazz from him. He actually is an instructor, like fantastic, fantastically talented musician. And he got me hip to the jazz night where I met mm. Scott Pizzera. Um, but anyway, so I'm doing this random stuff every now and then, and then kind of falling by the wayside, then I do one gig here or there. And I just got so busy. I went back to school, finished school, 
didn't really do anything during that point in time with music at all, really. Mm-hmm. And I finished school. And so you went to Purdue. I went to me? Purdue. Okay. And I got a degree in communication at Purdue. Um, From architecture to uh-huh. and yeah, what? Well, that was while I was working at Purdue in facilities engineering. By the way, <laughs> so okay. another story. Oh, but so I finished school, and um, it's it's a it's. For insulation. Leave it alone. Ugh. Kids are awesome. They are. They are. They are. Especially amazing. these kids. <laughs> you can't love so me. anyway, I, I ended up calling Jeff this past fall. Cause we we have Jazz Night. Um Jazz Appreciation Month is actually in April, but we do Jazz Tober here as well. Oh. And so that's what we started calling it. Uh-huh. The first October that they started doing it, we're like, it's not October, it's Jazz Tober. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we um, had our little Jazz Tober thing going every Wednesday oh, night bro. doing some. Yes, you can take the balloons upstairs with you quietly. Fantastic. Enjoy. Wait, I just no, just take it with with. you, and Kai can untie it for you because he's an awesome big brother. Sweet. Bye. Kai hasn't made an appearance yet. Kai won't. He's he's a hermit. He's sleeping. Oh. Uh oh. He's about to be mad. But <laughs> so I'm doing jazz night. Jeff comes out one night to jazz night and we're talking or whatever and he's like, Man, we really need to get the live music scene going. Um actually before that I texted Jeff and I was like, dude, what is going on in my life? I'm not doing any music. Like, I need some music. We need to create something. Like, what's up? And so he's like, we meet at the jazz night. He plays the drums one night. I do some vocals and all that stuff. And we start hanging out more often again. we have I mean, we've never not hung out. He's been my friend for as long as I can remember being in Lafayette. But um, Jeff, uh, he was like, Okay, so we need to do something to spark the local music scene again, and I think that you need to head it up. And I was like, so I got three kids mm-hmm. and a full-time job, and I don't have any time to waste. Oh. So <laughs> if you're talking about actually doing something, we can rehearse like one time before mm-hmm. we perform, but I don't got time. Because you, I mean, you're just that I don't good, have time. right? No, because I don't have time. <laughs> no, I do not have time. And I was like, you know, I go through my whole list. Okay, if we're going to do this, I got to have this, that, and the other. And if we're, <laughs> we're going to rehearse, we got to start rehearsal on time. And we're going to practice every song we say we're going to practice. And then I'm going home because I got to feed my kids. And I cannot do a gig for under this amount of money because I got to feed my kids. I'm not a diva. I got to feed my kids. I'm just saying, I got needs. And, you know, I spend a lot of time doing a lot of stuff, running around, chasing stuff, mm-hmm. and not getting my needs met. Yeah. But then people being like, oh, it was so awesome that you were here, and thank you so much for coming, and that was amazing, and people came out to hear you. And I'm like, well, then pay me. Right. Like, are you kidding me? Everybody else getting paid. <laughs> right. Pay me. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, I love to spread music i love the feeling that it spreads but it is a tremendous amount of work and effort and energy and anyone else putting in that amount of work and effort and energy is getting paid yeah so bottom line if i'm taking time away from my kids and i'm and i'm working i'm getting paid that's what it is that's it connectors that's that's (laughs) what it is just respect respect the art just like any other job, like you wouldn't tell your doctor, yeah, you worked on my body. 
You don't need to be paid. You We're like s- doing it. Yeah. It's fun for you to do surgery. No. I ain't paying you. No, that's all we're saying. So, do you think moving to Lafayette or um, West Lafayette um, was a significant step in your singing career? Within itself, I'd say no. I need you to leave the room. Quickly. Faster. Faster. Close the door. Thank you. I um, actually try to be very cautious about engaging in certain dialogue mm-hmm. um, around my kids because I do care about how they perceive their dad, but, I mean, reality, he was not an awesome husband. Mm. Um, and he did not take care of me in the way that he should have, nor did he take care of them in the way that he should have mm-hmm. at the time. And really, being married to him was like draining my soul. Mm. And I sound dramatic, but I'm trying not to be dramatic. Um, Everything about the art in my life and everything that wasn't about me just going to get a PhD and being a normal American, Mm -hmm. he did not like. And Mm. he tried to eliminate that. He tried very hard to eliminate that from my life. So, more than being in Lafayette, I'd say a big catalyst of me getting back into music is was me realizing that I was not going to let somebody else define what my life was going to be. Mm-hmm. And that that was such a huge part of my life before. I mean, like, it was how I was raised, and here I am arguing with some man about going to choir rehearsal mm-hmm. at a church because I spend too much time singing. Right. And Mm-mm. that wasn't productive. And it was always something about it. And when we got divorced, I was like, fuck it, I'm singing. <laughs> oh, can I say that on here? I'm sorry. <laughs> sure. This is a free platform. Say what you want. <laughs> well, so I'd say, I mean, more than anything else, I mean, that's really going through that was when I met Ryan at the tattoo shop was when. <laughs> I started hanging out with Jeff, who plays drums for me now, which is when I met Jeff's family, who's been extremely supportive of me and my family and Mm -hmm. the music that I do. I was actually just talking to his mom the other day about singing at a Black Lives Matters gathering that um, is being put together here locally. Nice. Um, So, you know, stepping from underneath... I guess all of that oppression was really the biggest catalyst versus just being here in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. You said... Bye. <laughs> Take the balloon. Was that from Valentine's Day? Thank you. No, this was... Um, I was working at a high school, and my last day was Friday, and my kids threw the most fantastic party. <laughs> It was super cute with balloons and music, and they're rocking out, and we had a good old time. And I cried. Oh, okay. I don't want to lose my train of thought. Um, but while we're on it, Ebony, you are so like, what's the word for it? Multi-faceted. <laughs> like, I mean, you you're an architect. You are a communication specialist. You're a teacher. You're a singer. Like. I don't teach anymore as of Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's just like, everything's just coming together. How yeah. did you become a teacher? Um, by avoiding it for a long time. 
Oh. No. Um, I actually, I'm not, I'm still not a licensed teacher, mm-hmm. but, um, I was working with a program that helps develop students, uh, employability skills and helps them to understand what it is to be professional. So, um, I just got involved with this program that teaches, um, how to plan for a career, mm-hmm. whether it's going to college or whether it's vocational training. Um, technically, those were the options I was supposed to give, but I'd be like, you want to be a musician? Then be a musician. <laughs> but tell them you're going to school to be a studio engineer so that there they'll you, pay for it. There you so, go. <laughs> you know, just kind of... I, I, the thing I loved about that job is I got to meet each student and what I mean by that is actually get to know Mm. each and every one of my students I took that part of my job seriously Mm -hmm. because I couldn't help guide them to make decisions about what they're going to do with their life without knowing who they are exactly and um a lot of my role I mean I taught two class periods a day the other time I spent in a mentoring role so I mean my students knew everything about me they knew that I got pregnant when I was a teenager. They knew that I was in a band. They knew about shitty jobs I'd had. They knew about how many times I dropped out of college mm-hmm. because I didn't want them to have to go through all those changes to end up being divorced with three kids mm-hmm. and finally deciding I'm going to do what the hell I want to do with my life. Right. <laughs> because that's, I mean, it's not that it's too late, but come on, I could have been doing this shit for years. Y'all, I wish y'all were at that show. <laughs> like, my soul was revived. I haven't heard live music since I was home. Like, yeah. I have to have some type of live music in my life. Yeah. Some yeah. point. It's, I mean, that was the most difficult part about living back in Indiana because at that point in time, there was no... Mm-hmm. real live music scene. I mean, even here now, it's just starting to boom again. Mm-hmm. Um but when I I coming from Boston where I'm either performing or going to hear some amazing artist perform every night, mm-hmm. every night. I don't care if it's Monday. Right. Somebody's singing somewhere mm-hmm. on Monday night. And um and they were amazing. And it being surrounded by that energy and then coming here and being in a drought. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. I was thirsty. <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> These kids think they use that term right. They don't right? know. <laughs> when I moved here last year, I was like, where is the music where who where is anybody wasn't here it was here everybody was here mm-hmm. everybody was just doing god knows what mm-hmm. and what's awesome about jeff was he's had the ability to bring all of us together i mean the lsg it's the lafayette supergroup mm. um i was wondering it's the lafayette supergroup and the funny thing about the name is like we got so much flack from people. I mean, we've only been together for two months. Mm-hmm. And you heard people talk a mad stuff. How dare them be so egotistical as to call themselves a super group. But mm-hmm. it was a concept. Jeff just was like, okay. I called him and I was like, I'm depressed. Like, I can't just do jazz night in October and act like I'm being satisfied. Like, I mean, that's not 
that's like having sex once a year. <laughs> like, who does that? <laughs> I just, I mean, people do that. I've done it. Let's get real. But I'm just saying, it does not make for a fun time uh-huh. in life, is what I'm saying. Well. <laughs> so I might be on that drive right now. But anyway, um, no, it's just, uh, you know, I, I was serious. And, and the thing is, I hadn't talked to Jeff for several months before that. And I'd just been busy with stuff. And I texted him and I told him that I needed help. Mm-hmm. And he was like, here I come. Let's start a band. <laughs> and I am so happy he did. Like, yeah. y'all really s- sound amazing. Well, thank I you. was, honestly, I wasn't expecting, not that I was expecting sure. something crappy, but I wasn't expecting to see or hear what All I, musicians? Yes. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's, like, what, how what many, he did was he took... Everyone that he knew who was mm-hmm. serious about music, and he asked them, do you want to be in the band? We don't really care what you played. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know that it was going to turn out. Even that night, we didn't know that it was going to turn out being how many? 11? Exactly. 12, I don't even know. So, like, y'all, you had a horn section. Yeah, we did. We did. Like, and, and mind you, one of those guys recently learned how to play the trumpet because he wanted to be able to play the trumpet with our group when we didn't have somebody available to play. He's a drummer. Shut The guy playing oh. the trombone, Alex mm-hmm. Mason, is a drummer. What? FYI. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. He just, everyone that he knew felt passionate about music. Mm-hmm. He was like, do you want to? Do you want to play some music together? Mm-hmm. And so initially we called it the Lafayette Supergroup before we even knew who was going to be in it because we were just like, who is Super and Lafayette? And how can we make them into a group? Mm-hmm. Like, it's that simple. <laughs> and so we thought about changing the name, which was really funny because we were like, oh, we need to come up with a band name. And we couldn't think of a name. So we are just like, it's the Lafayette Supergroup. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just how that all started. And we rehearsed once before we played at Digby's the first time. Um, we got together at Jeff's parents' house in his basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, we didn't even, like, meet before that. Everybody was kind of on their own little things. Everybody's in different bands. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, everybody's got other projects going on. And I'm the only one that's like... I do the Lafayette Supergroup, and that's it, because, you know, that's what I got time for. Mm-hmm. But, um, but uh, so everybody was busy. We'd send text messages. What do you guys think of this song? Mm-hmm. And the songs were all over the map, because you have guys that play rock, like straight-up rock and roll music. You have guys that play reggae, green room rockers. We've got space words. Um... We've got White Vinyl Sky that does this jazz infusion, all kinds of awesomeness. We've got Scott Pazera, who's just Scott Pazera. I can't even... He's he's my heart. I love him. (laughs) Scott is the baddest bassist in the Midwest, by the way. I am not ashamed to say that out loud. Uh Um, He can play anything. And, you know... We just basically what she's saying, connectors. If y'all weren't there, y'all missed a hell of a show. (laughs) Cause I know I've said it like a thousand times already. (laughs) It was amazing. I don't think I stopped dancing. I don't think I stopped dancing the entire night. I think I I think I stopped to turn around (laughs) and watch the band. I was like, y'all better get it. (laughs) 
because y'all were getting it. Oh, y'all man. were it doing was a good time. I could not have had a and, and even the coming together of that gig again. Mm-hmm. I mean, big shout out to Jeff for that. He called me up and said, "What do you want to do for your birthday?" And I said, "I want to hear an awesome band." And he goes. We are the awesome band. <laughs> Why don't we just play a show? I'm like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to do some show, some free show. Mm-hmm. It's going to invite my friends and family out. And then all of a sudden, I walk in late as usual. Not a diva. <laughs> However, I might have been a half an hour late. Uh-huh. I had to sleep. I was sick. Uh-huh. I have excuses for my divaness. I was sick. <laughs> what? I was sick. Like You did not Woke sound... up without a voice. Whoa. That morning. Went to our one rehearsal before the gig, and I was like, I gotta go, you guys. I need to go back to bed. And they were like, What? It's like, I gotta go to bed. I'll see you guys. Like, go load in. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were supposed to go on at 10. My brother's knocking on my bedroom door at 9 35, and he's like, What are you doing? I was like, I'm coming. Give Whoa. me some hot water and some honey. <laughs> so, little vocal tip. I'm going to tell you what I did. Uh-huh. This is going to sound crazy. Please do. I sat on the toilet, not pooping. Okay. Just to clarify. All right. I turned on the shower. Uh. Turned the heat all the way up in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I sat on the toilet for a good 25 minutes. Uh-huh. And they're like, don't you got to go? And I'm like, bring me some more water and honey. <laughs> and a shot of Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it worked. It worked. <laughs> Hop in the shower, hurry up and get there. So I get there and I can't even get in. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? And I mean, I don't even know who all these people are. Because yeah. it was a huge crowd that night. I, I had to push my way up to the front. Uh-huh. And I'm like, sorry, I got to sing. I'm like, get I, out the way. Sorry, excuse me. We were all um, looking for you. And we were just sitting and talking. The next thing we know, we see this little lady shoot past us. And everybody's like, wait, was that Ebony? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, she didn't hear. She just Sorry. on a mission. I was late. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter now. Half an hour. <laughs> no, you sounded amazing. I would not have known that you didn't have a voice that Oh, night. man, I was super sick. But, mm. I mean, it was my birthday, so... <laughs> suck that up. Let's go. <laughs> so, okay, so you mentioned that you are preparing for an event um, soon? We, well, the LSG version of preparing, mm-hmm. which is we're going to have a rehearsal probably on the 4th. Okay. For a show that's on the 5th. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you are an uh, awesome band. You can do that. <laughs> oh, man. Now, we're getting ready for another show at Digby's. Um, we actually just got done having some conversations there. Okay. Where they'd like for us to come on a pretty regular basis. Nice. There, so. um, we're getting ready for that show. Um, so the, the when's the show? March 5th. Okay. March 5th. Digby's, 4th Street, Lafayette, Indiana. Be, Be there. there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. So let's, let's move. This is my favorite part of, of the show. Okay. All right. So I got like a billion Sky Miles and I'm going to give you some of my Sky Miles. Oh, snap. And you, you've been around. Um, so with this ticket, you can go anywhere in the world and you get to bring someone if the person isn't already there where you're going you get to bring 
a person with you to share your art. Ooh. Only one someone? Okay, however many people. I have, I told you, I have like a billion Sky Miles. So if I have to, whatever. I'll give them tickets too. Oh, man. Where would I go? Where would you? Yes, where would you go? And with whom would you share your art? I'm not pausing for effect. I'm actually thinking. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I can I start with the who? Okay, that's fine. The, the reality is, I really wouldn't care where. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live in Lafayette, and I'm having a fantastic time with LSG, and it's cold. It is very and it's cold. Nasty, mm-hmm. and it's the cold, snow gotta go, and it's nasty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> my feet are wet, and I'm cold, and yes. I love it. And so you have to wear like ten pairs. Leggings underneath your jeans, and this ain't even the real winner. It's only the semi winner. So, um, where? I mean, I guess someplace warm, maybe. But I kind of like the fact that I don't, it doesn't matter where I go. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. But I do. I can. I take the whole band, okay. and then I gotta take my brothers with me. Okay, and I gotta take my mama. All right, and I gotta take my daddy. All right, and uh, I mean, I'm just gonna take my whole family and my band. And um, I got to take Pete Barr from New York City, who okay. introduced me to Nina Simone for real, for real. What? Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> Pause again for the cause. You met? No, 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 no. Oh, I okay. I, I met Wyclef. Can he come? What? That's The cool. Wailers, can they come too? Yes, I love the okay, Wailers. They're, they're amazing oh. people. I, oh. those, 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 those folks. Oh. Uh, Yes. Um, No, Pete Barr um, was one of the drummers that I worked with when I was in Boston. He lived in Boston at the time. He now lives in New York City. But my brother had, you know, put me on to Nina Simone, sort of. But Pete Barr, like, for real put me on to Nina Simone. Mm -hmm. Like, sit down and shut up and listen to this and understand how amazing it is and how much you have in common and feel this and mm-hmm. don't move until you do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Pete Barr. So he's got to come with me. Okay. That changed my life. <laughs> so would changed you, my life. Um, well, have you seen the Netflix documentary? Uh, no. It's really good. I'm going to have to check that out it, when the kids are not here. That's the only <laughs> time I can watch a whole thing. It's it's really good. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, Nina Simone, she's a goddess. Mm-hmm. Powerful yeah. woman. Yes, yeah, she is. One day I'm going to be like her when I grow up. Oh, be like Ebony. <laughs> be like Ebony. You I'm going to be my version of her. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying because you, again... <laughs> You are amazing. and Well, and you know, getting back to like what I was saying about the LSG, one of the things I love about this group of musicians is that our song selection, we do cover songs right now, mm-hmm. but most people are not familiar with most of the songs that we do. We definitely do some, some stuff that people recognize. Mm-hmm. But what's amazing is these guys, they send stuff to me and they're like, I think you would love this song. And I've yet to hear one that I was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to do that, guys. That's not awesome. Mm-hmm. Every time, like, they pick things that are not only, like, just fantastic to listen to, but every song we do has a meaning. Mm. And 
every song we do, even if it's not a song that's necessarily one that I connect with directly in my life, like there was a song that our guitarist gave us one time, and I know his life, I know him, and when he, he actually texted me one night and was just like, can you listen to this song? And I called him immediately and was like, well, we got to do it because that's his story. Mm-hmm. And when I sang that song, it wasn't my story. That was what I've experienced through him. Mm-hmm. And that's what's awesome about yeah. music. And I mean, his face when we did that song, he he loved it. Mm-hmm. And even talking with him about it afterwards, like he absolutely loved it. And that's what is so amazing about playing with these guys, like getting to know each and every one of them and getting to know them on a level to where like every one of us have, I guess, different musical tastes, but we can play anything together as long as we can feel it. Mm-hmm. And I would not trade that for the world. Mm. So I would go anywhere with these fellas. Yeah. All 15, I don't even know how many of us there are. Because it was a whole bunch of y'all all, there. All, and we weren't all there. What? <laughs> wow. But, um, I mean, y'all are the super group. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mention the Millers. The Millers, I mean, those guys, they're brothers. Mm-hmm. They're family. Like, it's just a bunch of people with good hearts that want to share. Mm. And... I yeah any any experience travels to anywhere I don't really care. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome to be on the top of a mountain though. That'd be cool. And would you I'd sing? Would you sing from the top of the mountain? Probably not because the altitude would be kind of. I got I got to practice a lot. I have to work out first. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I might just play a recording up there on the boombox. <laughs> And let it just echo throughout yeah, the yeah. land. Y'all, we sound good. <laughs> so, uh, where do you see either yourself as an individual or as a singer part of LSG in, let's say, the next year? We don't have to go all out. Oh, yeah, next... let's not go all out because next year, the mm-hmm. LSG will be doing some tours in the summer that's nice. on the agenda um do you do you think y'all um be at the what's it called the the jazz fest here the lafayette jazz fest i don't know probably who knows i don't know we're gonna be doing stuff mm-hmm. at all kinds of places and um i don't know i i know that the more we play together the more excited everyone's getting and the more we're saying we need to rehearse more than once or at least be playing a show <laughs> mm-hmm. for a rehearsal. Um, so I don't know. Um, in a year, I know that we're going to be playing more frequently for sure. I I can see that. Foresee us having a gig at least, at least twice a month before then and maybe more frequently leading up to a year from now. I can see that. Yeah. Well, um... We got another guest. What up, Kai? On the podcast. Come here. The oldest of her beautiful boys. Can I, um, something? He's 14. If y'all didn't hear him, he just said, oh, uh, can I eat something? Which is why I got to get paid, mind you. Bottomless pit. I don't care what you cook, as long as I ain't got to (laughs) cook. Well, there you go. (laughs) 
Um, but he's Ebony, a fantastic musician, by the way, but he's shy. Oh no, yeah. he got to you got to break that out of him. Oh, now. I'm shy. I don't even like to be the front person, honestly. What, <laughs> what is that face? <laughs> yes, I just gave her the I stank, said, the stank I eye. Said it out loud. Scrunched up face, all of that. What? I don't like it. But oh. then I don't like to. I don't like to record either mm-hmm. because I don't like to listen to playback. Oh. Well, you know you're recording right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to it. Though. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's all right. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm an extrovert, mm-hmm. but I don't like to be the center of attention, although I end up being a lot, which is bizarre. I just, I, it's not enjoyable for me, it's okay. but I like singing. <laughs> well, I'm glad you do because you're really good at it. Yeah, Ebony, I really do foresee... Your future, a bright future with LSG. Y'all, I I do believe if y'all continue to gig together and not go years without playing together. Yeah, that's, that can't happen anymore. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> because I, when I come back to little old Lafayette, I want to be able to hear LSG or be somewhere else in the States and LSG I is touring. To yes, yes. Speak that. All right, Ebony. We've been talking, chatting, connecting for a while. Is there anything else you would like for the connectors to know? Maybe, you know, give us some words of wisdom that you would give your students. Ooh, words of wisdom. Be you. That was my brother's song that he wrote well, a few years ago. Um, that's really the only words of wisdom I have, like... You know, we're you're joking when you're like, you know, be Ebony, don't be Nina Simone. But mm-hmm. no, I'm for I'm for real about that. I can only be the best at being who I am. Mm-hmm. So if that person is someone who gets up on the mic on their birthday and cusses out the <laughs> audience, maybe that could happen. But if that's the best version of me, uh-huh. inside joke, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> um, if that's the best version of me, then that's all I that's all I can be. Mm-hmm. Um. Just don't don't sacrifice who you are or who you want to be for anybody, which is super cliche. But, I mean, I probably should have known better than that, and I did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it. And if something like that happens in life, then get back on track. I mean, mm-hmm. shit happens. Damn. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to have three kids on my own. Mm-hmm. But I got three kids on my own. That doesn't mean I can't be a musician. Right. It doesn't mean that I can't work a full-time job and work a full-time job mm-hmm. as a musician. I can do whatever I decide to do. Like, I get to, I get to decide this journey. And, um, I mean, I guess aside from that, I'm going to just be real. Like, I would not have been able to do anything that I've done in life if... God had to put some opportunity in front of me. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why I should have had half of the opportunities that I've had. But I feel like, you know, being raised in a household where I was taught to fear God and pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all may judge things that I say. I'm still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But As my, all are. you know, my, my one thing the one thing that has been consistent in my life has been my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And no matter what has gone on, I've never felt abandoned. Um, I've always felt like God has had a plan. 
I've always known I was supposed to be able to share with people. I just ran from it. Mm. And the more you run for it, from it, the more messed up your life's going to be until you do what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. And so, you know, when you, whatever it is you're supposed to do, if it's singing, mm-hmm. sing. If it's playing a drum, play that drum. Mm-hmm. If it's picking up trash, pick up all that trash mm-hmm. the best that you can. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but, I mean, this... I think this has been probably the most peaceful I've ever been in my life because I've not allowed people to define who I am mm. or what I'm doing. Um, I just wake up every day and I try to do the best I can with that day. Mm-hmm. And as long as I go to bed knowing I made the best effort I could that day, even if I'm sitting here doing a podcast in a messy house... <laughs> I did as much laundry as I could yesterday. Good. And that's the best I could do. That's the best you could do. And that's what matters, right? <laughs> well, Ebony, where can we find you? Um, on oh, Facebook. Don't ask me about the dot com. Uh, I gotta get my life together. I mean, but you are on Facebook. I remember no LSG's on Facebook. There we that's go. right. See? Thank you, Jeff, again. <laughs> All right, so we can... I gotta have Jeff keep my life put together. There we go. The LSG is on Facebook. Okay, (laughs) all right. So facebook.com backslash LSG or just search the LSG, maybe? There you go. All right. Yeah. Y'all heard it. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. I'm gonna get better at this marketing stuff. It's okay. When I have time. We are still, what? A work Work in progress. progress. And the fact that, you know, Jeff is your band member, that was supposed to happen. Oh, yeah. He was supposed to be the person who is your social media media manager (laughs) because he knew. God knew. I need your help, Jeffrey. (laughs) I need to get it together. (laughs) Well, slowly but surely, it is all coming together. Um, Well, y'all... Y'all know where to find me, Instagram, at me, connect with me, amps connected, and I have nothing more to say. Ebony, do you... Oh, uh, wait, here oh, it is. She found it's, it. It's, it's, it's www.facebook.com slash the Lafayette super group. Boom. There you go. <laughs> you heard it from her. All right, connectors, enough talking. I have to go study. Yeah, wish me. She ha- <laughs> <laughs> Ebony has to take a nap. Y'all, wish us well. Wish me well, please. I am sitting for the New York bar again. Thank you. You're going to do it. Thank you. I received that. It. Just all I'm asking, connectors, just send me positive vibes. Vibe. Yes. Thank you. All right, y'all. We're out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>